Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. It's always a pleasure to have you with me, and uh, I have a, a great lineup of guests today. I hope you'll stick around for the whole show. My first guest joining me today is Robin Waite from Fearless Business in Southwest UK. Now, uh, Robin has uh, agreed to stay stay at late at the office today and talk to us, and what we're going to talk about is uh, Fearless Business, a program that's a 12-week business accelerator for coaches, consultants, and freelancers. And at uh, Fearless Business, they focus on productizing services, implementing new pricing, and reducing friction in the sales process. So we've talked many times about the fact that so many businesses these days are service-oriented businesses, and that might be difficult to sell someday. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Robin, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Bill. I'm so excited about the interview. Uh, oh, I'm I'm very excited about it because this is a topic that we we don't talk. I don't feel we talk enough about. And I've looked at your website, and and you have a, a great consulting um, website and uh, and business. And I really look forward to to learning more about this. Before we get into this topic. Robin, would you please share a little bit about you and your background and how you got into this area of business? Yeah, of course. So, um, so first and foremost, I'm a, a very loyal and loving husband and then father to, um, to two young girls. Uh, very keen cyclist, road cyclist and surfer. So um, that, that's the good stuff. And I, I would say that that's really my purpose in life. But um, obviously on the business side of things, um, I started that life as a systems analyst out of school. Uh, working for one specific company making medical devices, which is where I kind of sharpened my sword in terms of understanding all the, the ins and outs of running a business. Um, and then um, from there, I set up a marketing business in 2004, which I ran for 12 years. Um, we managed to get that up to about 250k turnover. So not a huge business, but we're only, you know, I live in a small local sort of rural town um, in England. Um, and so, so far as small businesses here, um, it was quite big. Um, and and that was really where I started to kind of um, see inside a lot of, um, I guess, other micro businesses. We did a lot of work with other coaches, um, consultants and entrepreneurs and people just starting out. And we started to see a few trends around how they were charging, um, for, their, how they were charging for their time in terms of their services that they were selling. Um, and the fact that not many of them had actually packaged up what they were doing. And, and we realized, um, or I realized at that point, actually, we could be doing something slightly better. So um, in terms of that, that productizing of a service. And at the time, we, we used to sell um, sort of branding, logo design and branding and websites and things like that. And we ended up, um, their, their, their services, which aren't typically um, 
uh, assimilated with workshops. And actually what we did is we ended up creating a series of small workshops just to include our clients within the creative process. And I ended up having a lot of business owners coming to me saying, gosh, what you did with that one-day branding workshop was really cool. Do you think you could do something similar to my business? And so that's where the whole productizing of the service came from. So what we were doing is we were taking traditional hourly rate type services and um, mm-hmm. kind of giving them a set of features and uh, turning it into a product with a clearly defined outcome for a fixed fee. Um, and, that, and that's where Fearless Business came from. So we set up the coaching practice in 2016 and um, haven't looked back, back really at all. It's, it's a very interesting concept and I think something that um, a lot of business owners need to think about. Let's talk about, uh, first of all, what are some of the uh, problems or pitfalls that businesses that don't productize their business, that just maintain a service business, what are some of the problems that they have when it comes time, for instance, to transition or sell their business? Um, so, so traditional service-based businesses that are selling um, time for money. I, d- I don't know if you've re- come across a book called Million Dollar Consulting. I think it's by a, a, an author called Alan Weiss. Um, but he talks about hourly and day rates being um, uh, fundamentally unethical. And there's a part of me which kind of agrees with it, um, with what he was saying. I mean, mo- most of us are kind of moral, upstanding, ethical human beings. But imagine a scenario where, if I, imagine if I was selling you a website and I said, Bill, it's going to be um, 10 hours work at $50 an hour. Uh, so, you know, maybe $500. And then I come back next week and I say, oh, Bill, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I worked really hard for 10 hours and I haven't quite finished the site. Um, it's going to be another five hours. Is that okay? And um, the, what, what, what Alan Weiss was saying was that the simple, the mere fact that you could potentially bump up the hours and it be in the interest of the supplier, he said that that's the unethical part of it. Now, most of us wouldn't do that. And I think fundamentally, when you can't measure, um, measure the inputs um, which you can't in most service-based businesses versus what the outcomes are going to be, it actually makes it really, really difficult to, to sell a business. Um, and so what we found was that when we, when we started to, and, and you start off by looking, you know, broad brush averages, and we'll take the website um, example, how, you know, for, for a small, medium and large business and the typical sorts of websites that they would like, how long, you know, on average would it take to build each one of, you know, bronze, silver and gold products? And then from and you might still apply the hourly rate, but what you would do is you would then say, okay, well, what else can we include in that package, and how can we um, how can we systemize it so that we can actually um, give everybody the same you know or, or a similar uh, sort of standard of product or service each and every time that we deliver it. Um, and all of a sudden, what we realized was that um, when when our clients started doing this, they could actually charge two or three times the the, the, the rate that they were charging previously at an hourly rate because when they tell that, that story and give people that value proposition, all of a sudden it's like, well, here's a clearly defined outcome. It's a fixed fee, and if we have any problems, well, it's not going to cost you anything extra. Um, and their clients absolutely love that. It's, it's, it's having that really clearly defined outcome. And all of a sudden, it becomes much more systemized. Um, you know, there's a very specific sort of um, standard oper- set of standard operating procedures that you have to go through in order to deliver that product. And, and really, that's where the extra value, um, you know, comes in, especially if somebody's going to uh, building a business up to sell it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, we've all been exposed to advisors where, you know, a, a minute equals an hour. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, you know what I mean. Or right, we'll round that off. We'll just call that an hour. <laughs> that's and that's that is. Pr- how do you how do you actually you know track that that uh, that has been of course the. Uh, 
the uh, the law models and and in some other um, professional services that's kind of been a um, uh, a standard for a long time uh, and in other these other services I can understand how uh, someone might be worried about well how do I know how many hours it's going to take what if what if uh, what if you have a business where you can do something in five hours and you turn it over to somebody and it's going to take them ten hours all of a sudden their prices double on that model so that could be a big mistake a big problem what are some of the uh, common mistakes that business owners make when they set their prices so, I mean, one of, the, one of the first common mistakes is um, uh, most business owners, when they're first sort of stepping out into, into business, um, rather than kind of uh, assess, you know, economically what's, you know, set their prices based on like the economics that's going to make their business work, they, the first thing they do is they go and look at the competition. And so Dave's looking at Trisha, Trisha's looking at Simon, Simon's looking at Steve, and Steve's looking back at Dave. And so actually, with pricing, there's no real, like, science behind pricing, um, most people, like 95% of business owners in your, in your marketplace, might all be charging the same amount, but actually they might all be wrong. And so what we want to try and do is, you, and also, you know, they, they're all in this commoditized, heavily commoditized marketplace where they think that sort of charging less is a good thing because it attracts people into their business. And actually what you tend to see is those um, business owners that are, are charging, unless they have like a really robust business model and, and, and the ability to scale, um, which not many small business owners do. They just don't have the knowledge or the, um, the systems in place in order to be able to do that. They'll, they'll start up a business and they'll be out of business within 12 months. Um, so, so what we don't want to do is look at the competition because the competition are potentially wrong. And, and I always think, like people always say that pricing is, um, it's either you hear the words like fixed pricing or uh, pricing elasticity and things like that. But actually, for me, pricing operates along a bandwidth. So if you were to take something like coaching, in you know, my industry, for example, where um, mm-hmm. if you know what to search on YouTube, you can actually go and get coaching for free because there's a gazillion hours worth of content out there, like amazing content. Um, but most people don't really know what they're looking for. So kind of, but, that, but there's a ton of videos and they're free. And then you kind of then move up through kind of um, e-courses and then group programs, group and online programs. Then you move into the, the kind of expert and guru and transformational space. And then finally, you end up with a guy called Tony Robbins, who's a million dollars a year to work with. So actually, the pricing bandwidth is somewhere between zero and a million dollars a year, <laughs> if that makes wow. sense. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, mm-hmm. at the, the, the lower the price, the higher the competition. So actually, if you put your prices up, there are less people competing in your ocean. Um, and, and also, what I found is that, um, and, but, but the thing is, like, most people are just, too afraid to put their prices up, hence why we call the program Fearless Business, because it's all about um, making those decisions in business and fearing them ever so slightly less, because it's then that you step outside your comfort zone and you start to see the rewards from that, that sacrifice. Interesting. Very interesting. And, and yeah, that would be, I would imagine, for some, they would say, well, I'd rather work, um, I'd rather have work than have the problem of, of being over, you know, feeling overpriced and and are there uh, are are there mistakes around for instance uh, promising too much um or not um not being clear about what your offering is and where it ends in in that type of a scenario and where it turns into maybe a uh, an an addend you know an add-on kind of a service like i think uh, one of the things we hear about um in, in a lot of service companies is you know it started off like a a $5000 job 
and then the customer kept changing and changing and changing. So when you productize, can you can you eliminate some of that and, and kind of put a box around it, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we work on the principle that um, pretty much every service-based business can create just three to five core products that will satisfy 80 to 90% of their, their potential market, their clients. Um, and, you know, with a very, very specific set of features and very clearly defined outcomes. And there'll be broad brush averages, like the example which I used, you know, for, for websites, you know, small, medium and large, or you might have like a brochure style website, a, a blogging website and an e-commerce website. So you can kind of like, there are standardized products that you can create, which will satisfy 80 to 90% of the marketplace. And actually what, what we found is the 10 to 20%, you know, um, who either sit between products or want something customized, they, they tend to fall into the categories that are, uh, are going to potentially, you know, they might actually need that, but actually do we necessarily need to service um, those clients? Because more often than not, you know, th- those clients tend to be the ones that end up taking way too much time. Like you said, they change their mind and they want extra things and then don't understand fully why it's going to um, cost more money. Um, and I suppose the, the, other, the, other, so the flip side to this as well is, um, like, business is all about it's a learning process and so fair enough if you if you have one project which overruns and maybe you suck it up and don't don't necessarily take the um, don't you know don't allow the client to take the hit but you should learn from that so you shouldn't then go out and make the same mistake again and actually maybe need to tighten up the parameters a little bit so that actually the you know what you are selling fits within that you know those three to five core products that's really clearly defined Wonderful. Great, great information. Great, great tips. I really appreciate that. Uh, I think our listeners do too. Uh, thanks so, so much for that, Robin. Now tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be a fearless, to be fearless in business? So fearless is, is um, it, where it came from. I, uh, I made a statement when I was doing a, um, a talk a few years back and um, fearless isn't about being reckless at all. What fearless is about um, is, is about fearing those things in business ever so slightly less that are holding you back. So it's not like when, you know, if, imagine if you're on the plains of Africa and you've got to walk down to the river every day to get water and you might get eaten by a lion or a crocodile or something. In business, there's not much that, there's not many decisions that you can make that are going to end up in you being eaten. So, so there isn't really that much to be afraid of, but yet we tell ourselves stories. So Seneca once said, as a police car going past, Seneca once said that things are much worse in um, our imagination than they are in reality. And it's very much the case in, in um, business. And so, especially when it comes to something like pricing, because when it comes to pricing, people are just afraid of getting rejected. So if we put our prices up, nobody's going to buy from us. And actually, you know, um, when we take people through our process, we actually have a three-step process for it, but when we take clients through the process um, and we get them to just validate different price points over a period, certain period of time, and then we compile all of that data and bring it back, and more often than not, they've actually sold something at a higher price point than what they were selling it at before. And they come back mm-hmm. and say, oh, my gosh, that was easy. I can't believe I was so afraid of putting my prices up. Um, and, yes, conversion rates might go down, so they might get fewer clients, but I think a lot of business owners, um, you know, especially in the consultancy, you know, coaching space, um, expert businesses, um, they're, they're kind of super intelligent people, but they're rushing around all the time like busy fools just trying to get as much work as they possibly can. And I think a lot of them actually would benefit from probably having, you know, if they could, double the income but half the clients and probably be able to, de- de- you know, deliver a much better quality product as a result of it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. 
uh, and I, I think that you're you're right. It's just getting over that hump of fear. Now, I, I'd be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, talk about your books. You've got a couple books on your website, Robin. That um, one is called Take Your Shot. Is that your latest book? And tell us about that. Yeah, so take take your shots. My latest book. So that was um, uh, it was a story about one of my first coaching clients, actually, um, a guy who I got to know quite well called Russ, who was a, a sort of struggling golf professional. Um, and I wanted to um, I wrote the book because I wanted to and I wanted to keep it like very personal and very emotive. So I actually tell it as, as a parable, um, and I tell Russ's story and you know in first person. And he meets this um, coach called um, David, who, funny enough, I've kind of modelled on myself, but probably me in twenty years' time, for example. Um, and so, so basically through the book, it's, it's a short book, it's only 100 pages long, so it's only a couple of hours to read. But we go through um, sort of five of the core principles around fearless business and how Russ productized his, um, his golf lessons um, to a point whereby he could, um, he could start to expand his business and then start achieving some of his more personal goals, which was uh, to actually get out and coach other golf professionals this process and um, get speaking engagements and travel with his wife and family. So... Um, so yeah, so it's called Take Your Shot. It's on um, it's it's on Amazon and all over the place. And a, a little gift because um, I want I, I get such great feedback um, from people who've read Take Your Shot. They've been out. It's got actionable stuff in there, and I want to get it into as many hands as possible. So you can either either support support the cause and get get it on Amazon, or um, if you wanted to get hold of a copy, I've got um, if you head on over to fearless.biz, um, there's a resources section where you can also download it as well. Do appreciate that, and you have another book on there. I noticed um, about uh, people who want to, might want to start an online business called Online Business Startup. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so that that was a that was an interesting one actually. That was, just, that was um, sort of the turning point for me between my marketing business and then shifting into the coaching business. So it's kind of as it's you know it does what it says on the tin. It's it's about starting up an online business, but um, it's split into three parts. So the first part is kind of because. Um, because when I first started my business, it was like one of those things where you kind of just learn on the job and you kind of make mistakes and struggle. And eight years later, you think, oh, gosh, I wish there was a book which somebody had put all of this stuff into, you know, from, from day one that I could have referred back to. So I kind of took all of the stuff that I'd learned and dumped it into online business startup. But it's very much about um, if you're thinking about engaging with a, um, a creative business, a web designer, a, a branding expert or somebody like that, it's about sort of what sort of... You know, what's your business need to look like? Um, what sort of things do you, do you need to consider when you're kind of engaging a creative? Um, and then how are you going to promote your business once they've helped you to launch it? Um, and I think it's, it's um, sold, uh, you know, five figures, like tens of thousands of copies, not quite into the six figures just yet. But um, it's a very popular book and, um, uh, yeah, started me on my sort of coaching journey. Very exciting. You know, it's great stuff. It, your your tips and your your uh, strategies and ideas you've brought to us today are obviously you know very grounded, uh, make a lot of sense. And sometimes that's exactly what uh, what people need is someone who can talk to them and be a fearless coach. And uh, you know, one it's it it sounds to me like anybody who's out there who's thinking about you know how can I change things up, uh, maybe I need to talk to someone, would benefit from talking to you, Robin. What's the best way for our, our listeners to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've got two websites. So uh, the first one is Robin Waite, that's Waite with an E on the end of it, dot com, and uh, also fearless.biz. I've got a few free resources on fearless.biz as well. So um, just a few downloads and videos and things like that, talking about sort of products and pricing and, and whatnot. And then um, also I've got my YouTube channel, which is, um, I think it's Robin M., M for Mark, wait, 
Um, and you can just Google Robin Waite. You'll, you'll find all sorts of stuff, <laughs> stuff on there about me, um, hopefully in the first few pages of Google. All good, I might add. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's all it's great stuff. I'm on your website right now, looking at it, and uh, you know, one of the things I see on here that that hits me between the eyes is uh, uh, on one of the pages it says, "Are you leaving money on the table?" Robin will help you find missed opportunities by recognizing which of the three most common pricing mistakes you're making, identify the lim- identify the limiting beliefs and fears that are holding you back, uh, developing your products into assets that attract new high value clients. So, uh, Robin, it's really great to, to meet you this way, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and telling our listeners uh, about what you do and how they can develop a fearless business. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Bill. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 